Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Welcome to Freedom of Species, where a show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio. You just heard Out of the Pan with Sally. Uh, congratulations to Sally for reaching her Radiothon target for Out of the Pan. And thanks to all of the 3CR listeners who supported Out of the Pan. Uh, make sure you check that out every Sunday, 12 till 1. And also check out the podcast versions for Show You Miss via the 3CR website. And yeah, as Sally mentioned at the end of her show, our show today is going to be on vampires and veganism. So something a little <laughs> bit different today. Um, hopefully it should be fun and just a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a different format or different topic at least to what we usually cover on the show to... to um, Help me discuss this. I'm joined by a fellow Freedom of Species presenter, Harley McDonald Eckersall. Thanks for joining me, Harley. Thank you for having me. A fellow Freedom of Species presenter and a fellow nerd, I feel like we're establishing <laughs> early on here. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. So we're going to be discussing, well, we'll see what we get to, but definitely we're going to start off with vampires. We may get onto some other pop culture, but we can definitely uh, promise that we will be discussing, um, yeah, Twilight, The Vampire Diaries, <laughs> True Blood, and... Buffy, uh, and we'll perhaps get on to some other shows non-vampire related, but either way, it'll be pop culture and animal rights themed on the show today. And yeah, I think the we don't have the text thing, but if anyone does want to um, leave any comments or you know, uh, tweet in with your um, yeah your favourite vampire shows or, or any comments on the show or anything like that, then you can um, tweet in during the show, hashtag Foz3CR, and I'll have a quick look at that in the, in the song breaks. Um, and yeah, I guess th- this show is one I've been thinking about doing for, for quite a while, and yeah, also I think another thing which kind of uh, pushed it to the forefront of my mind, there was a great show on Freedom of Species a while ago, um, Animal Documentary Discussion with Adam and Caroline, and this looked at the emerging trend in animal documentaries to focus on the real lives of animals and without narration. So this idea of sort of, I mean, obviously it's always through a human lens to some point of view because we're filming it and editing and choose which parts to put to air and all that kind of stuff, but I guess trying to limit that so rather than... Um, us sort of explaining the animals' experiences, just them sort of showing their experiences, I guess. So, yeah, re- really great show. And but I was I was also thinking that like that is is really important, but there's probably a sizable chunk of people who may never see a documentary like that too. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, while I think that is really important, I think it's also important to engage with pop culture. Um, all, all of the all of these shows that we've chosen, all of them, or sorry, none of them are animal rights specific or aimed at a vegan audience or animal advocate audience or anything like that. So, yeah, I think. Um, 
in terms of looking at this, I think it's really important in terms of thinking the ways in which, uh, without giving a sociology lecture, I guess the <laughs> ways in which um, pop culture both, it, it reflects existing attitudes towards everything, including animals, but it also reproduces it and sort of mm. um, helps to create understandings around animals. Um, is there anything you want to say about sort of pop culture in general before we get into the specific shows about the importance of it? I think, yeah, I think I would echo what you said. I feel like pop culture... It's a space for both dominant and emerging kind of like narratives and society. Um, it's often like where you see and where you're connected to the status quo and what other people are experiencing, especially in our world today, which is quite disconnected in a lot of ways. Um, it's a cultural point of reference. Like if a lot of people are watching the same show and I'm reminded of like Stranger Things, like at the moment where it's, the amount of conversations I've had about like the Stranger Things finale, like in the last few weeks, is probably something I've talked about more than the world and politics. So it's like it's a real like point of reference. So I think like the attitudes that are represented in it are important, and it's interesting to deconstruct that and to think about how are animals being represented in these spaces, and what does that say about how people perceive animals and also like the levels of comfort they have with different topics. Yeah, and I think probably some of the things we'll look into are both kind of exploring the ways in which those sort of dominant attitudes towards animals are, yeah, reproduced in pop culture, but also elements of resistance, the ways mm. in which people, even if they're not um, vegan animal rights advocates, how, how they can see perhaps some of the hypocrisies or some of the issues or some of the grey areas and that kind of thing within these shows, which can be sort of food for thought for people. Um, so, yeah, I guess both the way that we can interpret it that way, but also sometimes these kind of more critical representations in the show uh, themselves. And, yeah, I, we probably, I guess we should sort of, because we're talking about shows and movies and stuff, I, I don't think we'll be talking about anything Thing that's going to be too kind of spoilery. Um, well, uh, if, if there is anything that's, I mean, too... if you don't know what happened in Twilight, that yeah, like, I think <laughs> yeah. that's your loss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so if we do try and give any, if we say anything that's going to be really sort of spoilery, we'll mm. probably try and say it. But I think it's generally going to be like little things that happened in these shows, but not like yeah, really big sort of twists or anything like that. But um, I was just curious before we get onto the shows, we plan to talk about if it's not too spoilery. What will I have no idea about the Stranger Things thing? Is that animal related or? <laughs> just general no, no it's just like uh yeah that would be a spoiler if i started oh, okay, talking about okay, the stranger no things finale i feel okay. like it's still, still too fresh yeah, okay no um, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that I, I i do think that like most shows i feel like if you're have the mindset of vegan and animal rights you can pull out things that like you're like oh yeah but something i want to talk about later actually if mm. we get the chance is to talk about how often like the most like ethical representations of animals now in shows are when they're not there because mm. it's like oh we're removing them because it's not you know we don't so we don't have to deal with that ethical conundrum about how do we you know include animals in tv or in movies where it's like that thing of how do we like treat them ethically when like training them and things like that so mm. i think a lot of shows are unable to grapple with that and then they just erase them entirely, which is a whole other kind of question. But that's maybe something we'll get onto. Yeah, yeah. And I just on that topic, I'm trying to think of them. Oh, Wonderlust is the movie I saw. It was just about it was Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston. But it was a really funny movie about um, a couple who ends up on a hippie commune. But yeah, just from that point of view, I remember just seeing a part of the movie of just like someone like lifting a sheep, just mm. sort of like having them on their yep. shoulders. Yep. And obviously there's far worse things that happen to animals, but the animals aren't consenting to being yep. in there. They're not actors or anything like that. And so, yeah, I, I totally 
totally agree just just get them out of there altogether um but um yeah i guess we'll we'll get on to the vampire topic specifically um and maybe we we'll start off we've got a few sound bites from the some of the shows that we'll discuss and so i'm going to play one which um we mentioned at the start in, in the ways in which like i guess we as vegans perhaps see these shows in a certain light but also that often that themes around veganism and vegetarianism and eating animals and and this kind of thing are often actually explicitly stated in these shows mm. too so um yeah we're going to play um this issue of this uh debate that often occurs within vampire shows of eating humans versus eating non-human animals and so yeah this is a little scene from the movie twilight I don't want to be a monster. My family, we think of ourselves as vegetarians, because we only survive on the blood of animals. But it's... It's like a human only living on tofu. Keeps you strong, but you're never fully satisfied. Wouldn't be like drinking your blood, for instance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so many things yeah. already so many things yeah <laughs> so the, the the dialogue is so kind of awkward oh, so i'll admit i'll come out straight and admit i used to be obsessed with twilight when i was a teenager yeah and then there was a point where i started to realize all the many things that were wrong with that and yeah so quotes like that like bring up so many thoughts for me <laughs> about yeah like animals and also just like women and mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot lot to unpack really yeah i think it's written by a mormon like a quite conservative mormon author i believe um but yeah but i've i've hardly i've seen i've seen a couple of twilight movies my partner is a big fan and i think she she both recognizes the the problems with it both artistically and politically but also enjoys it as well but for sure it, yeah. yeah it's one of those things that you kind of watch and you're like this is bad but it's like I still am enjoying it. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess as vegans, we're both unsatisfied according to that analysis. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we also only eat tofu. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I thought a lot about this because I, yeah, I used to be really into the books and then I watched the films, of course. Um, and I think, like, this concept of, yeah, vegetarian, quotation marks, vampires, um, only drinking animal blood. And, like, I think something that is covered in Twilight is that they no- they not only just drink the blood of animals, they hunt and kill animals as well. And that is, like, the ethical alternative to hunting and killing humans. And that's what sets apart these vampires from the, the bad vampires. Um, and this is such a common theme across like vampire movies and books um it's either that the ethical vampires will drink human blood that's sourced from like hospitals as like um blood donations and they'll raid blood um or they'll drink the blood of animals and it's always presented as drinking the blood of animals will yeah keep you alive Mm -hmm. but that it's fundamentally unsatisfying um which I think is really interesting. Like, because mm. if you unpack that, there's so many levels. Like, on one level, it's saying that eating animals is unsatisfying and that the ultimate thing is consuming human, mm-hmm. consuming humans in some way. But then on the other level, it's actually, it's kind of like subtract or like taking away or abstracting 
eating animals and comparing it instead to eating plants. Mm. So it's it's a really strange kind of like mental gymnastics that you have to do to understand the moral justification going on. Yeah. But I find it so interesting that it is such a common theme and that it comes up over and over again. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is kind of weird because, as you say, it's like eating eating non human animals is both unsatisfying, but they're also saying eating vegan is unsatisfying. Yeah, like it doesn't kind exactly. of add up. But I guess it is like kind of written from this, um, you know, speciesist animal consuming writers, and yeah, I guess like from their perspective in terms of writing it, it's like humans are sentient and important mm. as individuals and non-humans are not. So eating the non-humans is just not as neutral. It's not yep. causing harm, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I think it establishes that hierarchy of importance um, where the most, like the optimum thing is human. Like human mm. is at the top of the hierarchy. And like, I know there's kind of like in a lot of vampire books and movies, there's this thing of like, well, uh, well usually the vampires are saying that we are like a higher state of evolution um and that's kind of like a thing of like oh but like they lose their humanity and that's bad so it's like humanity is good but then also it's like that argument of like vampire is the higher state of it's like progressed evolved higher than humans is almost like yeah vampires consume humans so they're even more highly evolved than humans who consume animals mm-hmm. and then animals consume plants. And it's like really firmly establishing that dominant hierarchy of what you consume or who you consume dictates where you stand on that pyramid. And it's like the idea of humans or vampires not engaging in that and like not consuming another being is like non-existent. It's like we need this... We need to take in life to be a higher state of life. Yeah, I, I also thought it was interesting that they mentioned that you can be strong just eating tofu and plants. <laughs> so it's like, they're, again, a non-vegan author is kind of saying, well, we don't actually need to eat animals, yeah. but it's just about the enjoyment I get, which is kind of, um, yeah, kind of an interesting thing because often that argument comes from vegans yeah. in terms of like, we well, don't need to eat this, at least for, for many people around the world um, are in the position where they, they don't need to yeah. eat animals. And so it's like kind of almost like conceding that central yeah, point from vegans that it, it is like an unnecessary necessary um just something that people might enjoy but not something for survival for many it's almost like it's like a soul need rather than a physical need Mm -hmm. it's like you can be physically fulfilled Mm -hmm. doing this but there's some hungry part of you that Mm -hmm. requires like yeah like death to Mm -hmm. be part of your life Um, I think that's really, yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's a good point. It's like, yeah, 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 that's fine. You don't physically need something. I think this, like, I think anyone who's had a conversation with someone who's very entrenched in their animal eating ways will have probably come across that of, like, even when they do concede the point that, okay, yeah, I wouldn't die if I ate vegan. It's like, but I need it. Like, it's a, it's part of my, like, identity and it's part of my, yeah, like, ability to thrive on, like, a, I was going to say spiritual, but I don't, I don't think it's the right word, but I mm-hmm. think it's as close as I can get. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's it's something bigger than just like a physical act. Yeah, and, and which is interesting because, again, everyone's kind of different in their psychologies, but certainly for myself, um, you know, eating animals for the first, you know, throughout my whole childhood and teenage years, like for me it was never 
like obviously I enjoyed the taste of certain animal products, um, but it was never about like I never got anything about, yeah. out of the animals being killed. In fact, if I did see that, I would have been quite upset by it. Yeah. And, and I was always, you know, if if not obviously not just cats and dogs, but if I ever met, you know, even animals that are more commonly consumed in Western culture, um, like kangaroos or, or cows or pigs or whoever, I certainly would not want to see them slaughtered. And I yeah. feel like that is the case for most people. It's not some, it's more enjoying the taste of certain products and, and maybe not making that connection or not wanting to give up on products they, yeah. they like more than actually getting enjoyment out of the actual yeah. slaughter itself. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, which is why I guess we see like rather than, you know, advertising for animal products, having pictures of animals yeah. being slaughtered because that's yeah. what you enjoy. That's what you want, right? It's like it's often very separate and we just mm. see animals in more cartoonized version and yeah. totally separate from the slaughter. I also think it's funny because like, yeah, like the hunting element I find really interesting of like, yeah, the the Cullen family in Twilight, they, they frequently are taken away on like hunting trips, um, which is like they're going, yeah – People think that that's what they're doing, but they're actually going hunting and killing animals because they're vampires. Um, but I feel like the it's less and less that the kind of identity of hunter is considered desirable or sexy or anything like that. Like I feel like, you know, maybe in certain circles, but I feel like socially it's it's less accepted now than it probably used to be. Mm. Yet when it's a vampire who is hunting animals, it's like this sheen of, oh, wow, like that's so ethical and so like attractive. Like, you know, obviously in Twilight, it's all about this like attraction to these vampires and their like fundamental beauty and strength, but then also that these ones are like morally tormented. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's so weird again how it's like, spun so that this category of vampire makes what may be morally repugnant in human ethical um so eating animals instead of eating humans makes it okay and it makes me kind of think of like what again mental gymnastics are we doing to allow eating animals to be okay in our our normal world is it because it's is that like the kind of stuff we're doing when we're saying well i eat animals but i only eat humane or free range or something like that is that what we're doing when we're saying well i eat animals but it's because it's yeah like it's it's important to me um like i need i need to do it as like a kind of like it's part of who i am so it's like that justification thing i find really interesting um and how it plays out in what is okay for a vampire to do Mm -hmm. um and then what that might say about like what we're saying it's okay for humans to do. Like are we saying it's okay for humans to hunt animals or are we saying that that's only okay if it's a vampire who the alternative would be to hunt humans, which of course is completely like far, far, far for worse in this kind of context of like it's being like, well, humans are the top of the pyramid and to kill a human is inexcusable, but to kill an animal, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I also think it's kind of interesting the way in which those vampires who do live on you know, non-human animal flesh rather than, than human human blood and flesh mm. is they're kind of almost like feminized in a way. Mm. Like they're seen as kind of less sort of macho and, yep. and less kind of – but, um, yeah, on, on the flip side, you know, obviously eating animals in, in, in our society yep. has that more sort of uh, masculine um, yeah. kind of vibe to it. So it's kind of like contradictory in that way That's too. That's very true, yeah. And they have the golden eyes instead of the red eyes and – and all mm. that and yeah 
Yeah, and I, I, another connection I make, and I, um, I believe you're familiar, more familiar with her work than I am, but AFCO, when you were talking mm. about hunting being yep. undesirable, um, yeah, hearing an interview with, with AFCO, she, she does a lot of work around connections between racism and speciesism yep. and how often this can be unstated. So she was talking about a particular show, I can't remember the show off the top of my head, but there was a hunter and yeah, you saw their house and they had all the animal heads over the wall, yep. as you'd expect yep. from a hunter, but they had all this white supremacist Confederate stuff. Yeah. And it was never stated. It was just like, just, just she was saying, like, in terms of the people making the show and just the audience, yeah. it's like, that just makes sense. Like, yep. yeah, there's just that sort of connection there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I know, I think it's the Santa Clarita diet for people who are interested. Oh, okay. And she yep. writes about that episode about, yeah, going to, because in that show, there's like this woman who needs, to consume human flesh um and yeah they have to go to this person place and they realize while they're there over the course of the time that this person is like a white supremacist um and yeah i do think it is really interesting of like pulling these things together like these different kind of injustices and like placing them together in these mainstream formats but then when animal animal exploitation is abstracted it's seen as acceptable but when it's put alongside other forms of injustice it's seen as making sense like it makes sense that a white supremacist is a hunter Mm. but it probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't like if they just showed someone as like a hunter um like in twilight Mm. that's not like intrinsically bad whereas if they just Mm. showed someone as a white supremacist it doesn't need the hunting element for that to be intrinsically bad Mm. so Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that like animal exploitation requires another element of injustice to like Mm. make it make sense yeah but other forms of injustice make sense as being wrong by themselves yeah yeah absolutely and just on on that um well i've got a song in a moment but um yeah i remember there was an episode of queer eye that looked looked Mm. at a hunter but it was all again like hunting it was kind of neutral it was just yeah there there was like obviously that show does a lot of good work in terms of challenging attitudes towards you know homophobia and Mm. other forms but of discrimination but um yeah like again in that case like hunting was neutral it wasn't seen as any kind of negative uh kind of thing yeah um, we better go to a song. So, yeah, um, the first song we're going to play is actually one that we've played on the show before, but I thought it was too relevant to not play again. So this is Vampire in You and is by Universal Pop Lab. Tastes so good, I can't give it up. Tasteful flesh means they're out of luck. For silent long before the flesh touches your tongue Tastes so good, can't let it go Virgin blood for the vampire on you Praise, give thanks, no tears yet for the life served on our plate Slice it up and again Let the funeral begin From the cage to the plate Hey. 
Imagine what it would be like to be homeless in a city under curfew and in lockdown. When your everyday life has been turned upside down and it becomes illegal to be on the street. Tune in to Homeless in Hotels. A three-part radio series giving voice to the people who went from a life on the street to a life in hotels. And the support workers experiencing the shifting ground on the front line of COVID-19. Premiering on Thursday, July 28th, 12pm to 1pm on 3CR 855 AM Homeless in Hotels a 3CR supporter Welcome back to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio. Today we are talking vampires, uh, vampires and veganism, analysing uh, vampire shows and movies from an animal rights perspective. And we've spoken a little bit about the movie Twilight and, yeah, themes around um, this tension that be- between vampires of eating, um, yeah, human human blood and flesh versus non-human blood and flesh. And, um, yeah, we're going to move on to another one which I, I'm not overly familiar with but it's another one that my uh, partner has uh, watched and I've kind of caught little bits of but um, yeah the vampire diaries and and it has this same kind of um, this same kind of theme of um, yeah this idea of like eating eating non-human animals rather than human animals is sort of a, a neutral thing or it's not mm. causing harm. And so, yeah, one of the one of the vampires who only eats non-human flesh sort of identified or was labelled by others, I can't quite remember, but as a pacifist. So mm. that idea like violence only only applies to yeah. um, only applies to violence towards humans, which, I, again, I think is just an example of that speciesist culture and, and obviously that being reflected in, in the writers of these shows, yeah. Um, have you... Have 
Have you seen? Yeah, and you watched Vampire Diaries. Yeah, I've seen the first season. My mum has seen all of it, um, and I do think it's another one of those that there's kind of this like you know hidden. I think it's yeah, this hidden underworld. Um, mm. I think this is common to most vampire kind of shows, and common to like a lot of different pop culture with like supernatural elements of like that there's this idea that there's this hidden element of society whether it's vampires or you know magic or whatever um and in that there's a whole nother set of rules um where you know in this case yeah it's like it's rather than eating animals sorry rather than eating humans you're eating animals and that has a different label attached to it that suddenly becomes like a stance whereas in the human world it's the norm you know it's the expectation and I think that kind of like the way that kind of flips things um I find really interesting so yeah this idea of you know you're a pacifist if you don't eat animals um if you're a vampire if you don't eat humans sorry if you don't eat humans yes getting all mixed up yeah (laughs) Yeah, if you don't eat humans you're a pacifist um and I wonder like is that kind of drawing on an attitude in society that if you don't eat animals and you're a human, then you're kind of taking like this non-violent stance. Mm, um, and I think it's, it's an, yeah, I just think it's really interesting. This kind of like hidden underworld where the rules are different, but they're really not that different. They're just kind of like mimicking society um, with one more level added of like, oh, it's now kind of in some exceptions morally okay to eat humans, but that's another thing that, like, there's... I know a lot of vampire shows grapple with the topic of is it okay to sometimes eat humans? Like, even, like, in Twilight, as we were just talking about, I think in Vampire Diaries as well, you grow to care for and have affection and justify characters who do eat humans. Like, one of the characters in Vampire Diaries has a big kind of redemption arc i know um damon who i think i know my mom was in love with i think a lot of people were <laughs> yeah but so, yeah. yeah like you know he went from being completely like just killing humans like all over the place to i think like gaining more of a conscience over the time and i don't actually know like at the, at the end state like what his consumption patterns were but i do know that like it's interesting what we can be led to morally justify. Mm. Um, like it's okay, okay, it's okay to kill humans in some some circumstances, and then choosing not to is an active stance. Mm. But then, if you're human, like I don't think they they very rarely talk about the humans in these shows and what they eat, mm-hmm. and if that has a moral element as well. Even though you spend so much time talking about what the vampires are eating and the moral element of that, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think there's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we kind of see those, those dominant attitudes come through. As you say, it's like this sort of fictional, like fantasy kind of thing, but it, it is all very, it's very much dominant mm-hmm. attitudes come through. And yeah, I did want to just play a little bit of the show True Blood because it's interesting that, um, yeah, it's interesting just to see that like as vegans, we might have this critique that like eating non-human animals is, is, is also causing harm. But it's interesting to see like not just sort of me as a vegan watching this show, but this actually critique being within the show so this is uh russell edgington one of the vampires from true blood don't be such a good guy right now i can't help it if i'm a good guy (laughs) yeah every full moon he turns into a wolf and kills and eats his prey rabbits and squirrels not people details 
<laughs> so I just thought that's quite interesting. He was like, it's details. It's like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If, like, yeah, mm-hmm. and that is quite an interesting character, uh, Russell Edgington, because he's like a very, um, yeah, he's very violent vampire, but he also often like calls out forms of oppression, uh, like speciesism mm. in that case. He also yep. calls out sexism when someone says, fight him like a man. And he's like, <laughs> that's a bit sexist. Like he was saying, when it comes to killing, he's an equal opportunist. So mm. <laughs> it was weird, kind of very violent, but calling out different uh, forms of oppression. So I- it's a great character. I think that's really interesting as well. I feel like it brings up for me, there's, uh, I've seen this in a lot of shows, both fictional and like documentary, um, where it's people who are perpetuating extreme violence against humans will use very similar arguments to what vegans and anti-speciesists will use by kind of saying like, what is the difference? Mm -hmm. Like you say that I'm a monster, but you would quite happily kill and eat an animal. You know, a lot most people wouldn't quite happily kill an animal, but they would mm. be happily eat the animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of like, yeah, like that makes me think of that, of how it's often the people who are justifying violence in some way who will kind of like blur the lines mm. in a very similar way to I think how we will try and make the connection with people and be like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Why love one and eat the other? Why um, abhor killing humans and accept killing other animals um so yeah i think it's um it's always the characters who do that are always i think very interesting characters um who are kind of like making those ethical points and making people uncomfortable with them but maybe not doing them for the same motivation yeah, and I think there's another interesting example of like, I don't know like too much about the True Blood writers, but even those who who you know haven't necessarily fully understood like anti-speciesism and and that kind of thing, and obviously it's not something you ever fully understand. Mm-hmm. It's something you learn more about and that kind of thing. But I'm not sure of their politics, but it is interesting of like yeah, even within these shows, which often sort of perpetuate dominant attitudes of, of people perhaps seeing some of the hypocrisy, and so not just saying like you know uh, eating tofu is unsatisfying <laughs> and these kind of more dominant things but also yeah sort of some cracks that you see within there of actually these writers themselves kind of um yeah at least hinting towards more sort of pro-vegan anti-species arguments and yeah yeah i know you wanted to bring in buffy as well yeah Yeah, um i know we're as usual running out of time but i think buffy there's there's so many different elements of buffy so i'm a quite a big fan of buffy um and i think one thing to mention is like what you just said there about like the writers and the kind of like seeing their their own probably moral like difficulties kind of expressing themselves through characters i think is a really good point and like looking at buffy um obviously there's been a whole bunch of stuff coming out about like joe's whedon who wrote buffy and like, directed a lot of buffy um recently being a very abusive violent person really um yeah wow. yeah because i i again i'm not too familiar but with mm. the show like i'm familiar with it as like i haven't watched it mm. but i i just like as far as i know it's such a iconic feminist it's such show. an iconic yeah. feminist show yeah. and yeah he was particularly abusive to women um so yeah whole nother kind of element oh, wow. but i think what interests me about buffy on like the vampire level and i was saying this during the song break is that In Buffy, when you become a vampire, you lose your soul is what it's described as. So you become essentially um, a monster um, and you have no conscience, you have no morality. Um, And sometimes you meet vampires who are funny or who are kind of like have relationships so they can clearly love, but it's always a very toxic kind of jealous kind of thing. Um, And 
the vampires who you get to know as characters who you can feel a connection to are those who some way get their soul back. So Angel is classically the vampire with the soul who Buffy has a very dramatic thing with and then Spike, Buffy's other kind of romantic dalliance, um, becomes so obsessed and in love with Buffy that he deliberately goes out and seeks and finds and a way to get his soul back. But I think like the interesting thing here for me is that in these other shows, um, morality is a choice that vampires have to make once they're given the opportunity to be more powerful, to exert more power. So it's like this whole thing of like, when you become a vampire, you have this strength, you have this attraction, you have this like hunger. Um, but, often you'll see the moral like com- conflict with some of the vampires very a very small amount like mm. the cullens in twilight and mm. the vampire diaries and all that like there's a very small amount who feel some kind of ethical conflict over um well we we can choose to be better we can choose to make like the ethical choice to not kill humans mm. um but it's interesting that the default is that once you're given the power and the strength and that hunger, most people would choose to use it and to oppress and to kill. Um, whereas in Buffy, that choice is taken away and you are a soulless kind of demon. Like, you're in, yeah, in Buffy, vampires are demons. Mm. Um, and I think that's interesting when we're talking about animals of that it's kind of this, like, question of how we define like what is like a conscious choice what is like making a moral stand taking a moral stand and what is just passive like passively giving into your own nature Mm. um which in the yeah in these vampire shows like often it's like either vampires are living naturally and like in line with their inherent nature and killing humans or they're engaged in this like battle um to only eat animals and therefore go against their intrinsic nature mm. um and i think that's yeah that's what like i find really interesting in buffy and that, that that choice is taken away and vampires are purely living in this like natural state where they kill and they eat humans mm. um and then to get that soul back like to go on this journey and retrieve your soul in a way then brings in the moral questioning and the moral conundrum is almost like a similar thing in some ways to what a lot of animal rights people go through or vegans go through when they I think people often use the word like awaken or make the connections or kind of like lose the cognitive dissonance Mm. and can no longer justify um participating in the exploitation of animals and then having to deal with this like um moral kind of angst of acknowledging the damage that you have done which is a big theme in Buffy of the vampires who do get their souls back realizing the pain and the death that they've been complicit in and that they've perpetuated and then also trying to make that choice of what do I do now now I have this 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 like idea of what is ethical and what is not how do i live and how do i thrive um we see that in buffy where they kind of have to go through this journey of like oh well now i now i have a conscience and killing humans doesn't feel right but what's the alternative and yeah so 
Yeah, I feel like we're running out of time. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll go to a song in a moment. Um, and yeah, then we'll, we'll get back to more in a moment. But just a few points before we go to the song. I, I did want to say that the idea of that con- conflict. Like, mm. again, I think that's an example where there is a parallel towards veganism and not eating animals. It's it's sort of like a projection of like, oh, if I didn't eat animals, like I'd be I'd be conflicted and always struggling. Yeah. And I, I definitely can't speak to the experiences of all vegans, but for myself, it, it's quite the opposite. Like it's like the more I can relate to mm. animal rights prisoners who have gone on hunger strikes, not get vegan food. Yeah. And, and that might not be relatable to people who eat animals, but I guess uh, like an analogy that might kind of work is like if you're only offered like dog or cat flesh or something yeah. like that, like it, for most people that would be like, no, it's not, not that like I'm really tempted, but it's unethical. It's like, it's just it, like, no, just no way. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, again, I think that's kind of a projection of people who maybe understand the ethical issues to an extent, mm. but haven't fully mm-hmm. got it. And so it's like, well, if I wasn't eating animals, I'd be conflicted because I like these products. Yeah. I don't fully get why I wouldn't eat them. Like maybe yeah. I, I've got some kind yeah. of inkling, but I haven't fully got it. And so you would be conflicted yeah, in that case. Yeah. So, so again, I think that's an example of projection. Yeah. It's like these vampires who spend their whole time just like brooding and angsty because they're mm-hmm. not eating humans. And mm-hmm. it's like almost like, yeah, making this commentary that vegans are walking around just brooding and angsty of like, oh, I want it so bad, but I'm, I can't I can't morally do it. It's yeah, like, I yeah. feel like most vegans I know do not think about eating animals like that. It's like, that's no. not food anymore. No, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a change in mindset, which mm-hmm. the writers haven't necessarily experienced. So again, they can't necessarily relate to that. Um, yeah. And again, maybe there are some vegans who are like, oh, I would really like to eat that, but I'm not going to, it's ethical. Mm. But again, it is that kind of like revulsion, at least for me, once, once you've made that connection. Um, I did want to say as well, this is going back a while, but the True Blood clip that was actually, it was by a vampire, but it was talked about werewolves eating though. Mm. There's lots of different supernatural creatures, fairies and everything, <laughs> but... Uh, the same thing definitely applies. Uh, and the final point I'll make before we go to a song, just to bring in Harry Potter. My, my partner's <laughs> a big Harry Potter fan. But, um, yeah, and we've done a whole podcast episode about this a long time back. But, um, yeah, like the house elf issue in Harry Potter. Mm, like there's so many yeah. connections there between animal exploitations and yeah. sort of using these creatures and they're not kind of important in their own right. They're only uh, important to the extent that they serve wizards. But there's no sort of questioning about all the, you know, chickens and dairy products and all yeah. those kind of things on the on the table so like questioning some things but then sort of the 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 similar kind of issues within human society are not recognized so yeah yeah um we better go to another song so because we're discussing tv shows and movies and uh, that kind of thing today um we're going to play the song television by bad religion Body forcing you, running Bible, excuse for my 
your COVID-19 booster vaccine? The Murdoch Children's Research Institute, located at Royal Children's Hospital, are looking for people aged 18 years or older who have not yet received a COVID-19 booster vaccine to participate in the COVID-19 booster trial. You will either be given a standard or reduced dose Pfizer or Moderna booster and you will receive your antibody test results. For more information, contact covid.booster at mcri.edu.au. The Murdoch Children's Research Institute is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to 855 AM. Welcome back to Freedom of Species on 3CR Radical Radio. Today on the show we're talking about vampires and veganism, uh, Buffy, True Blood, Vampire Diaries, Twilight, etc. Um, and, yeah, just before we get back into discussing that, I wanted to just quickly give um, a shout-out to our Radiothon campaign and just thank so much everyone who donated to our campaign. Um, we're actually getting really close to our target, which is great. Um, we've raised over $1,200, so I really appreciate all of those who donated. Um, some of those who donated were Sally, Kate, Liam, Kerry, Margaret, David, Loretta, Katie, Lottie, Linda, Eliza, Heather, Latif, Jane, and Frank. So thanks so much to everyone who donated and perhaps some of who donated more recently and aren't on that list, but thanks so much to everyone. We really appreciate that. And we've only got just over $400 to raise to, to reach our, our campaign. So yeah, again, really grateful for that. And if anyone does want to help us just get over the, get over the line the last little bit, um, probably the easiest way is to go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and you can find a whole bunch of ways to donate there um yeah in person online um over the phone lots of different ways um and however you donate if you indicate your donation is for freedom of species when you select the show then that money will go towards our target specifically uh also if you're a social media person and you are like following us on social media you'll be able to find our give now link as well either way they will go towards our target um yeah so let's we're yeah quickly running out of time but we're going to play we've been talking a bit about this idea of uh eating humans versus yeah, eating non-human animals but we thought it'd be worth bringing this other dimension which was brought in in true blood of um this idea of vampires not having to kill anyone at all um because of synthetic blood we're citizens we pay taxes. We deserve basic civil rights, just like everyone else. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Doesn't your race have a rather sordid history of exploiting and feeding off innocent people for centuries? Three points. Number one, show me documentation. Doesn't exist. Number two, doesn't your race have a history of exploitation? 
We never owned slaves, Bill, or detonated nuclear weapons. And most importantly, point number three, now that the Japanese have perfected synthetic blood, which satisfies all of our nutritional needs, there is no reason for anyone to fear us. I can assure you that every member of our community is now drinking synthetic blood. That's why we decided to make our existence known. We just want to be part of mainstream society. So, yeah, again, I thought that was really interesting and, and we get those similar kind of issues we, we've spoken about so far on the show of like, yeah, you can get everything you need, but I enjoy the killing mm. as well. There's that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, again, I really – this isn't something where the show creators necessarily make that connection, but it d- definitely does seem very similar to, um, yeah, to veganism. And, and, again, for those who are in the position to subsist, to, to get by, to get all their nutrients from um, plant-based products, then – it really is just like the enjoyment factor. Yeah. And I think yeah. for most people, it's not the enjoyment of the killing, but the enjoyment of the taste, whatever it yeah. may be. Um, and again, there are certain situations, different places around the world. Um, people might be homeless, for example, and just can only eat what is available in terms of what they're given by charity organizations. So th- there's lots of different, um, yeah, reasons why there can be more practical reasons, right? Can, where, right can be difficult or impossible for some people. But um, yeah, it was interesting because even that angle is kind of covered within within true blood in terms of the um yeah, in terms of the true blood, in terms of synthetic mm. blood, because um, yeah, they one of the vampires goes to this small town. He's like, "Could I have a true blood?" And they're like, "Oh, we don't have any because we didn't think there was any vampires here." So mm. it kind of reminds me of like a vegan going to a small country yeah. area, yeah. And, like they don't have it. So they also touch on those issues of like both, like yeah, you can do that, but can you get access and stuff too? So I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, get, yeah. It also make that like that quote. Like I haven't seen True Blood, mm-hmm. um, but that quote I find really interesting of that. For me, I would have thought the obvious point to make when they say, haven't your species or your race or whatever been killing and exploiting humans for centuries? Um, and they make those three points. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like the obvious point is, well, haven't your, hasn't your species been killing and exploiting animals for centuries? And True. I find it, yeah, interesting that that's still not made, even when it does seem such, like the parallel is so obvious mm-hmm. um, of that. Yeah, vampires kill humans, humans mm. kill animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, I think, like still says a lot that in even in that context where it just feels like not a very long bow to draw, it's that point isn't made. And maybe it's because it's not recognized because, yeah, like the writers don't have that framework in their head or it's still too uncomfortable for people. It's more comfortable to bring up slavery and apparently nuclear war than to bring up, well, actually we kill and eat animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And, and it is, um, yeah, definitely an interesting show in terms of, yeah, it's one of the only ones that I can think of anyway that looks at vampire rights as a civil rights issue. Mm. So it's like, oh, support for vampire rights is increasing. And they're like, you know, talking about individual humans. Like, oh, don't worry, he supports vampire rights and, and that kind of thing. And and there's also that idea of like mainstreaming versus radical things. So there's like mm. the mainstreamers and actually it's like, I'm mainstreaming. Like, I'm only drinking true blood. I'm not drinking humans because I want yeah. Vampires more yeah. accepted uh, versus those who are like, no, like it, it's our nature, or we want to kind of stay as like outsiders mm. and, and eating humans and that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of analogies there of like sort of saying that the vampires have sold out. And I kind of think of within the animal movement of, you know, vegans talking about. The good about, vegan. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like vegans who end up talking about like the sizes of cages or the mm. most humane slaughter yep. and that kind yep. of thing. And then some vegans going, oh, well, you've kind of like, that's not what we're about. Like, what, what are you talking about this kind of stuff for as well? So it's quite interesting that angle as well Mm, yeah like watering down of the kind of the issues around it 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I think we are about out of time yes. and, and perhaps we'll do another show, um, not so much on necessarily veganism and vampires, but perhaps just a um, pop, yeah, culture. pop culture. So we've got a lot of shows that we've uh, got ready to discuss. So yeah, perhaps another time. Um, and yeah, just before we go, I wanted to give a couple of shout outs to some other 3CR shows as well. Um, I've been driving my dog to the vets. So I've been spending more time in cars than usual but um just checking out 3cr when i'm driving and and hearing some different shows i haven't heard before um really recommend i I enjoyed an episode of strong spirit that is monday 1 to 2 p.m um and that is community information, opinion, and, and interviews with community members from a First Nations perspective, including discussions on cultural healing and intergenerational trauma. And yeah, there was a really um, interesting show talking about um, sobriety, which I found really interesting. And yeah, definitely lots of experiences that I can't relate to as an as a white white guy. Um, but talking about like indigenous issues, uh, indigenous disadvantages can kind of play into drug and alcohol addiction, um, but also a lot of things it's important to learn about that but also lots of things i could relate to in terms of being like being a reliable person that kind of thing so it was really interesting um episode um you can find that out at 3cr.org.au forward slash strong spirit uh also i was recently interviewed by radical australia um and so that is a show you can check out every wednesday 4 till 5 p.m um that is interviews with a range of activists and and 3cr presenters etc um and it's just an hour of just (laughs) about your life i guess and and activism and and research or whatever it may be so yeah check that out um kelly and joe it's 3cr.org.au forward slash radical australia um our show is one till two every sunday Day. Um, you can check out all our episodes via 3cr.org.au forward slash freedom of species as well as on a bunch of podcast apps as well and one thing in which we've recently added uh, or has recently been added to that website is um, the most the recording of the most recent available episodes is up there so even if you've missed an episode and we haven't put up the podcast version yet you can just go in there and listen to the latest latest um, latest episode even without us putting up the podcast version so uh, keep that in mind as well um, if you do have any feedback um, shows you think would be worth discussing for example might be relevant today you can email us info at freedomofspecies.org connect with us on social media as well um, and yeah, fine. Stay tuned. Coming up after us is rotation. So, uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, and that is a show I actually hosted last week as well. And so, yeah, one, one of the artists, um, my co-host Lottie played was, um, Spinifex Gum and yeah I've been really enjoying their music since um, since doing that show so yeah check out Rotations and, and you might find some new artists that you like and want to look explore more so it features music from a wide range of different 3CR presenters so um, yeah that's about all we have time for today thanks for coming in Harley I've really enjoyed the discussion no thank you it was really great and so we're going to finish up with a song again by Spinifex Gum, who are a choir of young Indigenous women. Um, so the song is Malia by Spinifex Gum um, and the Malia Choir. So, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Nothing is as sweet as you. Oh, nothing is as sweet as you, my friend.
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.